and welcome to another episode of the V Auto Podcast. I'm Lance Helgeson with V Auto, and I'll be your host for today's episode. Today, I have Nathan Fox, Senior Director of Business Development at V Auto. Welcome, Nathan. It's good to have you. Thanks, Lance. It's great to be here again today with you. You bet. Now, Nathan, let's start by digging into what car shoppers and consumers and their buying behaviors and their expectations. How are these things shaping the way that dealers should merchandise their vehicles? Well, Lance, you know, I'll start with what probably sounds a little cliche sometimes, right? Which is everything's becoming more digital, you know, whether it's, um, you know, how we uh, work, how we're entertaining ourselves, how we buy things. I think all of us can point to something we've done over the last, you know, three, six, 12 months where we've done, uh, we've made our, our lives more digital in some way, right? Mm-hmm. And the car industry is no exception to this. Uh, we see it every day uh, within the industry. And so maybe let me point to a few facts that illustrate that. Um, in the uh, in the latest car buying study we did at Cox Automotive, we saw that you know approximately 70 or most consumers have spent approximately seven hours shopping uh, and researching cars online. Pretty strong indicator, right? That shopping's already moved to the digital world. Uh, I think we all kind of have that sense. I think what was more interesting in that study though was uh, over 50% of the car buyers that we surveyed in that study said they only visited one dealership, which is a huge indication that they actually made the decision on which car they wanted to buy in the digital world before they stepped foot into the showroom. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a huge move from where we've been historically. And then we've also seen this big uptick in uh, the number of consumers or shoppers that are getting trade-in values um, from an online platform such as KBB ICO, or KBB ICO. Uh, almost a third of shoppers now are actually getting a trade-in offer online. And so that transaction process is actually starting to move into the online world. And so to the second half of your question, Lance, what's that mean from a merchandising perspective? Well, I, I think uh, dealers have to uh, to really think about how they uh, produce uh, incremental merchandising. I think they've done a really great job with things like photos, uh, descriptions, having a price, kind of all the things you need to allow someone to shop. But I think they, uh, they're they a little insufficient when you come to some of these other things that uh, people are now doing in the digital world. And so. I'd really challenge dealers to look at uh, how do they engage consumers? What do, what do they provide to uh, shoppers when they step foot into the showroom? And think about how can they use their merchandising to replicate some of that in the digital world? So that I, I, I think dealers could certainly relate to the fact that a lot of their customers today, they know the car and they, they may have even started part of their deal you know, on, online. Mm-hmm. But as it relates to the behaviors and in, in merchandising, Nathan, so what should dealers be focused on that can help them engage consumers the way you just noted when they look at their vehicles online? Well, Lance, I think when, you, uh, when you're when you looking to engage consumers, I think online, I think the answers are relatively simple for dealers, which is to focus on the uh, photo carousel or maybe more aptly described as the media carousel today hmm. uh, that you find on the BDP page. Um, the reason I say that is I, I think we all know that, you know, visuals are extremely powerful, right? They're extremely, uh, you know, the, the picture's worth a thousand words analogy, right? Um, and, and I actually just saw a study the other day from Intent Labs where, you know, 55% of, cons- or, I'm sorry, 59%, I think it was, of consumers actually um, say that visuals are more powerful to them than text information or more important to them. And, and we see that every day in the way that shoppers engage with the VDP page. Uh, if you look at uh, dealer websites, 60% of visits to a VDP page involve engagement in the uh, photo carousel. It's almost four times the engagement rate we see with most of the textual content on that page. 
And so shoppers are telling us this is where they get a lot of their information. But I think as dealers, uh, we don't see dealers taking um, full advantage of that real estate. Um, they do a great job getting photos into the photo carousel, but they're not really doing a lot to sell the vehicle, uh, to provide ancillary content about that vehicle, or importantly, to convince a consumer that they should choose their dealership as the place to do business. And so I think dealers have a real opportunity to supercharge the VDP experience and the engagement on the VDP by focusing on high quality merchandising in the media carousel. So what would you define as high quality merchandising in that in, in the carousel? I, cert I can speak for my own. Uh, even car buying, I, I once I understand, you know, I've, I've read the title of the car. I know what this car is. I just want to see it. So I'm in that carousel before I even look at anything else. But tell me a little bit more about the what is high quality merchandising. So it's interesting, Lance, as you're talking, right? I think we all know it when we see it. Uh, I, I certainly see it every day, probably more um, on products outside of the automotive in industry as far as what I would say is high quality uh, merchandising. I think they every time I see something where I'm like, man, that's a really great page. Uh, it has three things in common, which would be information, trust, and transparency would be the way I'd sort of sum them up. Um, maybe let me sort of dig deeper into each of those. So sure. information is probably the most obvious one, which is making sure the information that the shopper needs to select that vehicle and know it's right for them is uh, is readily available. You know, simple example from a, another category. I was I was buying LED lights from my daughter's room. And the first page I looked at, I couldn't figure out how I spliced two together and they never told me that. So I didn't actually buy that set of lights, right? They didn't give me the information I needed to make a decision. Mm. Uh, second is around trust, which I know a lot of people might be saying, that's really difficult to build trust when I don't actually get to talk to someone or engage with someone. But I think shoppers are really accustomed to uh, learning about um, retailers, learning about businesses online. And they wanna know that that business is gonna give them a positive shopping and buying experience. And so doing things like highlighting uh, services the dealership's going to provide to them, uh, focusing on ratings and reviews that uh, are sort of testimonials that um, others have had positive experiences are all ways to start to build trust um, in an online world, um, even before you uh, interact with that consumer in person. And then lastly, transparency. Uh, shoppers today don't want surprises. Uh, they become confident when they know the good, bad, and the ugly, and they know exactly what they're getting and exactly what they're not getting. And so uh, doing things that uh, provide transparency uh, about a vehicle, um, showcasing, uh, you know, if there is uh, damage on a vehicle or if there is something that the consumer should know um, that uh, that may not be perfect, uh, but is, is, you know, really true about that vehicle is, is important. You know, I have another related question that sure. I hear from dealers quite a bit, and that is, um, if, if I'm doing these things, how can I differentiate my what I have? From, from other dealers. Could you talk to that aspect of it as well, please? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, the best way to differentiate um, in my mind or one of the best places to differentiate is back to where the consumer is, right? The consumer is in that uh, media carousel. And, um, you know, I'm sure you see this, Lance, if you go look at, you know, a number of different listings on, online, um, you know, the majority of them probably have, what, 25 plus photos. Uh, dealers are doing a great job of putting, you know, high quality photos of uh, a lot of different points of the car. But when I audit uh, a lot of those listings, I found that it's, it's usually less than one in five that have really put information that complements those photos after the hero image. So whether that be um, overlays that have content about the car, uh, you know, billboards that uh, provide information about the dealership, 
um, you know, dealers are really missing that opportunity to provide more information to what is already a captured audience. You know, the dealers worked hard to earn those eyeballs and they're not really putting uh, information in front of the consumer that can differentiate their dealership and their vehicle. Uh, I think another great way in that same sort of carousel, um, and you've kind of heard me kind of call it both a photo carousel and a media carousel. Yeah. I think the photo carousel is um, maybe the old way of looking at it. If you think about it as a media carousel, you know, most uh, listing sites and websites allow you to put uh, rich media like 360 degree spins or videos in. I think that's another great way to really boost that transparency and trust um, by putting richer media uh, that shows that you're really trying to connect with and, and show to the shopper exactly what you're trying to sell. And so, um, you know, these are all the reasons why at Viato we started to build new tools like uh, Intelligent Promotion and Snaplot 360. Let's well, let's take a closer look at them. Uh, start with Intelligent Promotion, Nathan. What, what are the high level key points that folks should know? It's kind of as simple as you, you build a, a promotion with high quality content um, and then you let the intelligence of the tool apply that to all the right vehicles. And so as a dealer gets into this product, uh, what they're going to find is we've built a set of filters um, uh, within Intelligent Promotion where they can create groups of inventory based upon their uh, their strategy. Uh, you know, simple example would be creating, you know, new car uh, inventory, CPO inventory and used inventory, right? And filtering mm -hmm. on, uh, on uh, mechanisms like that. And then a dealer for each of those groups would um, would configure a promotion, um, which is uh, kind of a template of what they want to uh, um, put into each of those merchandise profiles. And we've given them lots of tools within, uh, within Intelligent Promotion, um, image overlays, text overlays, billboards, smart fields, all these ways that they can surface um, incremental content um, into the, uh, the merchandising carousel uh, and tell a better story about that vehicle. Um, and uh, as I said, kind of as I started describing this, the really cool part is once they sort of configure that template for that group of inventory, the system is smart enough that it can actually pull the information that's needed for each vehicle and apply it to the right set of vehicles. Uh, and of course, all this is directly powered from within Viato, so it fits uh, seamlessly into the workflows that dealers are already using today. You you mentioned a term in there, smart fields. Um, what 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 are the smart fields there and, and billboards, and how do those relate to the storytelling you were talking about? Sure. Yeah, smart fields are something that um, probably uh, nobody's really heard of before, but um, think about it as a way to insert specific information about a vehicle into an overlay uh, without having to manually code that in. Probably uh, easier to illustrate with an example or explain it in more detail, right? If, uh, if I have a set of CPO vehicles and I wanna highlight on each of those, you know, call it 20 vehicles that they have, uh, um, the, the odometer, the mileage, uh, I can use the odometer smart field and put that onto an overlay um, for that um, set of 20 vehicles. And then uh, the smart field is going to automatically pull the exact dominant reading for each individual vehicle and layer that in. So it would say, you know, 5,276 miles. Um, it really takes all that work out of the dealer having to you know, manually code that information in. And so you can imagine the power of those and how that starts to really begin to automate some of the things that dealers um, either chose not to do or, or had to do manually. And then uh, the other one, I think you mentioned, um, Lance was billboards. Yep. Um, you, you know, back to your your question earlier about how does a dealership differentiate themselves? I, you know, billboards is almost a secret weapon in doing that. I think uh, within intelligent promotion, um, you know, billboards is a functionality that allows dealers to insert an unlimited number of supplemental images into the photo carousel. And a supplemental image 
is uh, in essence a tile or a, a slide that has um, information on it. And um, you know, some examples could include you know why buy here billboards. Um, so you know, highlighted services of a dealership. Uh, it can include uh, information about um, CPO programs to uh, tell and explain to a, a consumer or a shopper um, what the benefits are of buying CPO. You know, in today's environment with all of the inventory challenges, it can talk about the dealer's process for um, uh, paying top dollar for trades. Um, and so it's a great way for a dealership to surface um, information that um, sets them apart from uh, from the next dealership over. Um, you know, it's interesting. I think dealers actually do this today in some places. If you look at a lot of dealerships' websites, you know, there's the slider at the top of the website, and and they're already putting this type of content there. Billboards aren't a way to surface that in front of a set of another set of eyeballs that the dealer uh, has already captured within the uh, the listings platforms. That's interesting. Now. I think you may have answered this question already, but on one hand, it sounds like that's more new stuff, you know, that a, that a dealer has to worry about. And part of me thinks, well, maybe that's more work, but it sounds like there's some efficiency built in here. So do we have a sense, Nathan, of if I'm doing what might be the basics today, and I, and I spend X amount of time doing that. And then I have this system, which I understand, as you noted, there's a little setup. You gotta, you mm -hmm. gotta spend the time to set it up, but how does that time spent to do these things and tell the better story you described play out with, with, with this tool? Well, I think um, one of the things about the tool Lance is, you know, it's highly flexible. Uh, and so, you know, I think dealers can kind of choose um, how actively they want to manage it. Uh, as you said, right, like any new tool comes with a, a bit of a learning curve, a little bit of a setup. But I think for some dealers, you know, they may choose um, to take this tool and, and establish what I'd call a few fixed or evergreen promotions. Um, you know, the four that probably are the most obvious is uh, one for new car uh, for each nameplate that they, uh, <laughs> they sell uh, for CPO cars, for used cars and coming soon. And you can kind of imagine for each of those how you tell a slightly different story, right? You would talk about um, different things about the brand versus about your, um, you know, uh, reconditioning program versus CPO benefits, right? Uh, you could layer in different content to each of those. And once you set those up, you know, those are uh, those are promotions you really don't have to do a whole lot to touch. And so then you can imagine, you know, a car hits your inventory, you take your 25 photos. Um, and you have to do nothing else. All that content's automatically applied, right? And so a little upfront time and you get a tremendous lift, I think, or boost in your overall merchandising. You know, conversely, I think some dealers may find that, hey, there's actually enough value that I want to go in and actively manage some of these um, promotions. And so uh, in that case, they may start to tailor some of those base promotions to um, specific market situations that arise. Um, you know, sometimes examples are helpful, right? So if I've already set up my new car promotion for you know all of my um, Ford cars, and all of a sudden the OEM uh, uh, drops a, a great rebate on a specific uh, model, um, perhaps it's a, the Explorer, I could go in and take that that existing uh, <coughs> campaign that I have, duplicate it, uh, refine the filters so um, it's only applying to the Ford Explorer, and add content about that uh, incentive to that promotion and, and add incremental information with, you know, which was frankly a couple of clicks, right? And then that's all cascaded out across, you know, all 24 explorers that that dealership has in stock. And so I think for some dealers, they may find that that more active management, um, you know, has a tremendous value. And so, uh, you know, what I would say uh, kind of uh, on this point, Lance, 
I think a lot of dealers aren't doing this at all today because it's so much work today. They just choose to kind of skip this step, right? And they sort of stop at just putting the photos out there. Mm -hmm. And so given this flexibility and intelligent promotion, my hope is that we find, you know, more and more dealers are able to really take advantage of, uh, of the photo carousel and its completeness and, uh, and really win more shoppers. It's interesting as, uh, I'm listening, Nathan, and thinking in my mind about, you know, how a carousel might might look or change, you know, uh, for, for let's call it the average dealer. It does seem like that's the kind of stuff that like Carvana, Vroom and others are already doing. So in my mind, I guess it, it, it feels like this could be the price of entry or the, the a point of entry into what it might be the next phase of digital retailing. I think you're absolutely right there, uh, Lance. Um, you know, I certainly see dealers in the market uh, doing this, not just the new form dealers, right? Obviously, they probably led the way because of, uh, you know, they're starting with sort of a digital transaction and working backwards. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of traditional brick and mortar dealers starting to adopt this mindset as well, which I think is a pretty strong signal that there's the, a pretty big shift occurring in our uh, marketplace, right? In the way that cars are bought and sold um, in the retail world, um, you know, digital car buying is really becoming part of our industry. I think it's moved from being, you know, in that really sort of early innovator stage to, you know, it's about to cross the chasm if you want to use that uh, old analogy. Um, you know, and, and to that point, you know, here at Cox, um, you know, we think this is such an instrumental um, sort of part of the uh, industry in the future that, you know, we're focused um, as, a, as an organization on helping to lead the way in digital retail transactions. And, um, you know, we have teams, you know, across our organization collaborating to create, you know, customer preferred um, platforms that enable digital car buying. And I truly believe that by providing the right tools to dealers for this environment, things like uh, Viato Intelligent Promotion and Snaplot 360, that we can make selling cars more profitable for dealers and at the same time, uh, make the consumer buying experience easier, faster, and just frankly better. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Nathan, I appreciate it. Thank you, Lance. Thanks for having me today. You bet. And thanks to all of you for watching this podcast episode. Until next time, stay well.